Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And we're talking about the life of faith, the ABCs of faith. And today we want to talk about genuine faith. Do you have the real thing? Is your faith for real? And last time we talked about the journey of faith that, that starts when we set our wills to know God, to seek God. And, and of course, that's the Holy Spirit that that even creates that in us, but we have to respond to that positively. And so those who start to seek God start on a journey of discovery, and they will find him. The Bible promises that. As we seek him, we'll find him. As we continue to seek him, we will continue to discover more and more about him, and our faith grows from level to level. We change from glory to glory. One, 2 Thessalonians 1.3 says that, we, are, we thank God always for you, brethren, because your faith grows exceedingly. God wants your faith to grow, and he wants it to grow exceedingly. And I want to talk today about faith on three levels, the three levels of faith, the three levels of knowing and trusting God. And uh, I'm going to characterize these three levels from 1 Corinthians 13, 13, where it says these three abide, faith, hope, and love. I'm going to put it in this order. Hope, faith, love. Love being the greatest on the highest level. And each of these three levels of faith can be seen in Hebrews chapter 11 that we're going to be spending some time in as the series goes on. Level one, faith, I'm going to call hope. That springs from a general faith in God. Faith begins with a general faith in God that, that creates hope. You see... This is the starting point. We have to believe that God exists, that he created us, that he's powerful, that he's good, that he's faithful. This is a general faith in God. This is level one faith. And from this springs hope for the future, you see. Hope for change, hope for transformation. There, there is a God who loves us. So whatever situation I'm in, there is hope. Um, those who have no faith... <laughs> are hopeless, of course. They have no basis for believing. They have any kind of a future. But if we know that there's a God who loves us in spite of all our frailties, and, and he's committed to fulfill his plan for us, then that causes hope to spring up. Uh, you know, when you're trying to help people, the first thing you need to do is to build hope. Uh, feed them the truth about the character of God. Start giving them that level one faith. Tell them how much God loves them. Because that's where it has to begin. This level one faith in the character of God is the basis for moving into level two faith, which comes to God with confidence to receive from him based on his promises. And this is more of a specific faith of believing we receive uh, the specific promises of God, specific blessings of God. But to do that, we must first have level one faith. We must have confidence in God that he's real, that he's powerful, that he's bigger than our problems, that, that he's love, um, and that he responds to those who move toward him, that, that he answers those who seek him. If we've got that faith, that gives us the confidence then to come to him and actually receive that blessing from him. And that's what Hebrews 11.6 tells us. 
It describes level one faith, and then it says it's, it says it's a necessary foundation for level two faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him to receive, that's level two faith, must first of all believe that he is, that he exists, that he is God, the almighty God, and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. You see, that's level one faith. You've got to believe he is God and, and that he's going to respond, he's going to reward. And then you can come to him. And so we must have general faith in the, in the existence, in the character of God, that he's the I am. He's got the power of God, the almighty creator. And, and his character, his goodness, his faithfulness, his love. He's a rewarder. He gets involved in your life. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. And so that level one faith is the foundation. Then level two faith, as we said, is the faith that comes to God to receive from him on the basis of his character and his promises. Specific faith to receive the promises of God in our life. And that's when we actually personally put our trust in him and his word. And that, and that pleases God when we do that because it displays confidence in his character. It's one thing to say we believe in God, but the, it's another thing to actually trust in him and receive. It shows confidence in God. It takes him at his word. And he's also pleased with that kind of faith. Hebrews 11.6 says God's pleased with that because it gives him the right to release his power in us. You see, one example of level two faith is when we receive salvation. We heard about God, we know about God and Jesus and his Savior. But, while we, uh, but it's when we actually took action on that and actually trusted him and actually received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we came to him and received. That's level two faith. Only then could God release his power and cause us to be born again. And so that pleases him. That's saving faith, level two faith. And so Hebrews 4.16 describes it. Let us come boldly with confidence, you see, to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. That's the level two faith that comes specifically to God at that point of need and receives. Uh, another example is Sarah. It says, by faith, Sarah herself receives strength power to conceive seed. How could she do this? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. She had that general faith in God that he was faithful. And based on that, she could come on the basis of his promise and receive power to conceive a child. Praise God. Well, many people think that level two faith, that's ultimate faith. And the faith teaching majors on level two faith. But we need to put it in perspective because this is not yet the highest kind of faith. Yes, it's important. Our ability to receive from God is important. And often people judge our faith or our lack of faith on our outward success, our outward blessing. But actually, this is not a reliable guide. Just because somebody's rich does not mean he's got great faith. Because there are many natural factors in the area of health and other areas your outward blessing is not necessarily a sign of your faith. It may be natural advantages you have. In the long run, in eternity, of course, it will be according to your faith, but you can't judge it that way right now. The, but I want to say that 
the real measure of your faith, the real strength of your faith, is, is measured on the next level. There is the higher level of faith, the ultimate proof of whether you have genuine faith or not is how you stand in when things go wrong. In times of trial, tribulation, persecution, loss, grief, perplexity, persecution, setback. In those times, do you still love and trust God? That's the, th the level three faith and that's the real test of the strength of your faith. So yes, it's great to have level one and level two faith, but I want to share with you today about level three faith. Have you got that kind of faith that can stand firm under the trial, under the fire? This is the highest kind of faith. Level one faith was to, more to do with hope from the character of God. Level two faith was the faith that receives the promises of God. But level three faith is connected to love. It's the loyalty of love. Do we love God even when things seem to be going wrong? Do we still trust God when things are going wrong? Are we loyal to God when all seems lost? This is the ultimate proof of love. Staying true despite contrary pressures. There's examples from human experience, aren't there? In Proverbs it says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And a true friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You see, some people be with you while everything's going well, but the moment things get difficult, then they're off somewhere else. Are we like that with God? Do we love him at all times, when things are good and when things are bad? Do we have that faith that trusts him under all circumstances? That's level three faith. Let's give the example from Abraham's life. Hebrews 11 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises, it says, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed will be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead. You know, the pinnacle in Abraham's life of faith was not that amazing level two faith where he received Isaac by faith, the promise of Isaac when he was a hundred years old. That was not the ultimate faith of Abraham. The, his pinnacle was his response to losing that blessing of Isaac. It, when it seemed like God was saying, offer up Isaac as a sacrifice. Abraham faced the loss of everything because his whole future blessing and destiny was bound up in Isaac. And now God was saying, give him up. He faced the apparent loss of everything he'd received and achieved through his faith. The death of God's promises to him, you see. And, and standing in the face of that apparent loss, he still worshipped and obeyed God, you see. Believing that God would even resurrect that promise. He proved that his love for God was greater than the love for the blessing of God, you see. He proved he trusted God more than what his senses told him. He proved his loyalty to God no matter what happened. You see, if you're in it for what you can get, then you, you'll never get past level two faith. If you're, if you're just in it for the blessing, then the moment that you start getting attacked for your faith, 
you're, you're going to give up because you're not interested in God himself. You just want the blessing. But God is looking for the faith that loves God more than anything else. And so that even when it seems you've lost everything, you still trust and you still love God. That's the God that God, for faith that God is really pleased with. Now I want to show you these three levels of faith from the wonderful story in Daniel 3. Shadrach, Meshesh, and Abednego, they were told, weren't they? If you do not worship the image, you will be cast immediately in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. This was a true trial by fire. And they, these trials reveal what kind of faith you've got. And Nebuchadnezzar said, who's the God that will deliver you from my hands? They answered the king, oh Nebuchadnezzar, if you decide to do this. And now they make their great faith confession on all three levels. First of all, they said, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. That's level one faith. My God is able. My God is greater. God is more powerful than you, Nebuchadnezzar. He's able to deliver us. And so they had that general faith in God. But they didn't stop there. They went to a higher level of faith. They said, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. That's a level two faith, isn't it? They actually believed that God would deliver them. And we might think that's ultimate faith. They had faith to be delivered. But, and I used to think they should, they should have stopped right there. But actually they went on to level three faith. They said, but even if not, even if God didn't deliver us, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship your gold image. We won't do it. Even if the worst happens. We might think, you know, that they, this third confession is a bit of a letdown. Having said, we're believing that God will deliver us. And then they say, oh, well, if he doesn't, we still won't worship you. Well, it's... It wasn't actually unbelief. They didn't actually say God wouldn't deliver them, but they just wanted to make it clear to Nebuchadnezzar that even if God didn't deliver them, it didn't, wouldn't make any difference because they would still worship God, no matter what happened. In other words, they wanted to declare their loyalty to God, no matter what. Even if I burn, they said, I will not bow. I will still worship God. That's level three faith. Do you have that kind of faith in you? Do you have an absolute commitment, an unconditional loyalty to God no matter what happens? Are you made of true gold? Or are you just following God when things go well? You see, if you don't have that kind of faith, you will not stand under trial, under persecution. You know, you will wither and you will quit. You will fail under the fire because your faith is superficial. I want to show you another example of unconditional faith in Habakkuk 3. The prophet, you see, had seen the coming Babylonian invasion of Israel. And he knew great distress was coming down on the land because of Israel's sin. But notice he says this, Though the fig tree may not blossom, or fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock be cut off from the stores, uh, from the fold, and there be no herd in the stores, Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. That's level three faith. Praise God. To worship God even when everything's going wrong. That shines in the trials. That's the real proof of having genuine faith. Having strong faith. Will your faith face the heat? Or will it melt away? 
And I want us to go now to talking about fiery trials, to go to 1 Peter chapter 1, a classic passage on this, which compares our faith to gold and the trials to a refining fire. 1 Peter 1 verse 6. And he's writing to believers who are facing all kinds of trials and opposition, and he's encouraging them in case they're tempted to give up. And he says this, he says, in this salvation, uh, our present and our future salvation, he says, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. He explains that although these trials don't come from God, by the way, God will use them for good to fulfill a purpose in you. Just like gold is refined in the fire, so likewise God refines our, our faith and our character through these trials. Verse 7, these trials have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, your faith is like gold. See, gold is valuable. Your faith is the most valuable thing you possess because it, it connects you to God and every blessing of God comes through your faith. It says your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined or purified by fire. He's comparing the trials to fire. He says faith uh, is your spiritual gold. It's more precious than gold. Uh, let me tell you about the refining process. Because Peter goes on to say that what you receive through this refining fire of God working out the impurities is the salvation of your souls. You're being made more like Jesus through these fires. That's in verse um, 9. Well, the refining process is very interesting. Metal, precious metals were put into a vat and they were heated up. And this process actually did two things. Number one, it proved that they were genuine, genuine gold or silver rather than some fake stuff. And secondly, the fire refined the gold. You see, so because it's so valuable, it has to be tested, proved to be genuine, and it needs to be refined. And so anything that in the fire, anything that's not gold, the impurities would rise to the surface and then the refiner would skim off the scum leaving pure gold. Of course, if it's not genuine, nothing will remain of any value. And so that the fire reveals what's genuine and it also reveals the impurities. And when they come to the surface, they can be removed. And that's how it's purified. And so in verse 7 he says, These trials have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may one be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And then it says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. He's saying, while you are under these trials, if you are made of gold, even though you don't see him, even though you don't see the answer to your prayer yet, you still love God and you believe in him and you're rejoicing in him because you know that he's working his purposes out and you know that your soul is being saved through this process and so verse 8 ex expresses that level 3 faith 
of a believer being refined in that fire. Verse 9, and then he also says, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation, the transformation, the purification of your souls. So that at the end of this process, you see, when all the impurities, see, when you go through trials and pressures, impurities in your soul will come to the surface, bad attitudes, bad understanding. And that's fine, because when they come to the surface, when they're revealed, it, you're just re it's just revealing what was there all the time. But now it's to the surface. You can confess them. You can ask God to just cleanse you of those things. And you are being made purer in your faith and in your souls, you see. And you're receiving the, the purification, the salvation of your souls, so that more of the glory of God can be in your life, you see. And so these trials will actually sh pr prove that your faith is genuine. Real gold, real faith cannot be destroyed by the fire. And uh, then there will be times, you see, when your faith is tested. But the more that the impurities are removed, the more the refiner can look in the metal surface and see his image reflected. And when the process is completed, Jesus can look in you and see his perfect, perfect reflection in your soul. Praise God, you become more and more like Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? And so, first of all, the fire provides the proof of genuine faith because you continue to love and trust God even while everything seems to be going wrong, even when there seems to be little hope of deliverance, being unfairly treated, but you continue to love and trust God. Look at the men of God. They all went through terrible circumstances. Look at Moses. Look at Joseph. And yet even in those terrible setbacks, they continue to love and trust God. And God brought them out. You see, even when you have genuine faith, the trials will reveal impurities in your life. But that's fine. But the main issue to God is not those impurities that come out, those bad attitudes that come out. Yes, they need to be confessed and, and cleansed. But the real issue to God is, are you staying loyal to God? Are you still loving God through that trial? Because if you are, that proves you have genuine faith and God is able to, re to remove the other stuff from you. You know, when they test oil pipes, uh, they put pressurized water through first to see if there's any weaknesses and any leaks. But, and then they can fix that. And in the same way, so that the oil can flow freely. And in the same way, God, there may be pressures in your life and they will reveal weak spots in your character that then can be fixed so that the oil of the Spirit can flow through you. So the pressures do reveal weaknesses, but that's so that they can be fixed. Hallelujah. Well, this is the kind of faith that God is looking for in our trials. Though we do not see him, or we don't see the answer yet, you love him, and you believe in him, and you rejoice in him, because you're receiving a salvation of your souls. That is level three faith. Whatever else is going on around us in the trial, the main issue is that we continue to love and trust God, and that gives God the, the ability to work powerfully in our lives. Romans 8.28, God, we know that God works all things, all trials, all problems together for our good. For those who are loving him in the trial, God is able to turn it around for good. And so it doesn't, 
The issue is not how well you're handling the pressure, but are you still holding on to God? Are you still trusting God rather than blaming him in those situations? You know, the parable of the sower talks about trials. It talks about how some seed fell on the rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. Then the sun came up. The plants were scorched. They withered because they had no root. In the interpretation, it talks about this seed was sown on rocky places. These are people who hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they didn't have much root, they only last a short time so that when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. This seems to someone with level two faith. They have a vibrant faith, but they're actually a fair weather believer. And as soon as the pressure comes on, they wilt because they've got no root. Their faith looked strong, but really it was very weak. And it couldn't stand under the pressure. Instead, what we need to do is put down our roots deep in the word of God so that when the pressure comes, we stand under that pressure and we continue to believe God. Your, the real strength of your life is not your outward success, what's above the surface, but it's your root system in God under the surface. And I want to finish by looking at Job because God commended Job because he stayed loyal to God in those trials. Satan contended that his faith was only in God because God blessed him. And Job came under that test. Job didn't realize it was Satan doing it. But it says that when he lost all his possessions, Job fell down and he worshipped God. And he said, the Lord gave and the Lord's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Actually, the Lord didn't take away. But anyway, in all this, Job did not sin. Because what was really going on, and Job had a lot of bad attitudes that came out in the trial. But to God's mind, the key thing was that Job did not sin because he kept loving and worshipping God. Job had actually opened the door to Satan, which God revealed later in the figure of Leviathan in Job 41, who was the king over all the sons of pride. Through Job's self-righteousness, Satan had got in. But the important thing all of, through all of this, and the New Testament in James commends Job. It says, you've heard of the patient endurance of Job, and you've seen the end of the Lord. In other words, Job kept believing. Under these trials, he kept believing and he kept loving God, even though he didn't understand what was going on. He kept loving God, and that God, in the end, came through. As Job's attitudes were brought to the surface, in the end, he repented of his bad attitudes. God cleansed him from that, and then God was able to bless him through, through all of that. Even when his wife told him to curse God and die, Job says, no, we will worship God. He had level three faith. He worshipped God when he was blessed, but he also worshipped God when everything seemed to be going wrong. And that's what really pleased God. And so God loves those, loves and is pleased with those who have that level three faith. If you're in troubles right now, don't blame God, but keep believing and loving God and God will turn it around for good in your life.